The Confident Collective is coming to New York City, baby. Rayanne and Christina, October 30th, live from City Winery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say from on SNL. But from New York. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am so excited. It's going to be so much fun. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, what are you waiting for? It is going to be a night of fun surprises, guest appearances, and it's Halloween weekend. Like, like this is going to be epic. Everyone wants plans on Halloween weekend. We are literally saying, come hang out and have the time of your life. Are you kidding with me? Us. We are literally throwing you a Halloween party. We are giving you the best event of the year to come to. And you do not want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the show notes and get your tickets now. See you on October 30th. I think what's so important is having a joy building plan in your in-person dating life. So in terms of if your dating life was a pie chart, I recommend that 40% of your dating energy goes to a dating app if you want to do a dating app intentionally, and 60% goes into in-person dating. And in-person dating to me is not just going on dates or asking people out. In-person dating life is how do I fill my life with joy so much so that I'm overflowing and like the connections are flowing because I am in my joy. And so think about like what brings you joy, planet. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. We're back, bitches. We're back. We both had weekends away. Yes, we did. I need to hear all about your wedding weekend. How was it? Oh, it was so fun. I was in Kansas City for one of my good friends from college, her wedding. And oh, it was just so much fun to like see people you haven't seen in forever. And were there a lot of college friends there besides like your core group? No. Okay. No. Wait, I love that I know your core group. Oh yeah, you know the core group. Yeah. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. and I had not met her fiance. And I had not met her fiance because we live in different states and it just right. hadn't met her. Met him, her now husband. And he was so great. And it was just so fun. Like it is such a fun time to like get to celebrate love and people. And I was like wasted at the wedding, obviously. And I was like looking at her, just looking at him. And I kept being like, Oh, Aww. I want a I want a man who looks at me like Alyssa looks at Kyle. No, and he <laughs> he looks at her like that too, but she's just so dramatic and it's like Oh, but it was just beautiful and it was so much fun. And it's just really cool to see your friends fall like in love and start this new chapter. And I'm just so excited for her and them. And it was just awesome. Is she one of your first friends to get married? Yeah. Like one of my first really close Close friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's so exciting. How fun. I know. know. You're my only like close friend that's married. And I didn't know you when you guys got married. We were already married, right? You were already married. That's so crazy. I know. So many of my, I guess like most of my, but I'm a little older than you too, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that is so fun. Everyone, you guys looked hot. Oh my gosh. The bridesmaid dresses, it was They were really good. They were by like, oh, what was it called? Because I don't know, but did Alyssa choose them out? She basically was like, pick 
I was like, okay, Alyssa. She was like, pick any of the black dresses in this fabric from this place. It's a Zazie, A-Z-A-Z-I-E. They were under $100. They looked really good on everyone. And they just like, you can pick whatever style look like you're comfortable with. Yeah. And I just, I mean, she is very like simple, clean taste. So we were all in black. And I love black bridesmaids dresses. Oh, it just looks so good. I will say I always get like nervous getting my hair and makeup done. The girl who did my hair, it was like great. I just was like, I just want like loose curls down. Like how I usually do it look great. And the guy who did the makeup, like the eyes were really good, but I like stand up from the makeup chair. My face is three shades darker than my neck. No. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, and there's like still like four people that need to be done. So I'm like, oh, I'm trying to blend it with my beauty blender mm-hmm. downstairs. And I'm finally like, oh, do you think I can blend this a little bit? Whatever. He's. Yeah, he like fixed it. It's fine. After the ceremony, I go downstairs because we were staying at the venue. I wash off all the face makeup and redo it. Oh, it was that bad. It just was like, I just did not. Yeah. It's like very rare that I get my makeup done or my hair done and I'm like really like it. I know. I hate, I feel like I'm the same way. But I always think with like bridal party stuff too, like those, I don't know why, but like it's always like the first girl to get their hair and makeup done. It's like, oh, how's it going to look? Dude, I remember being so annoyed at my own wedding because of hair and makeup. Did you do a trial? I did do a trial and I liked my hair and makeup. I did like it overall. Anyways, it doesn't, this doesn't need to be about me, but I just remember like, I was so chill about everything, but then the makeup artist left before they put like my veil into my hair and then we had to figure it out. And I just remember like going from like the chillest person ever to being like, like it being the end of the world for a second because they, you had to put your veil and your hair was already done. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's annoying. Yeah. Just like little things like that. But yeah. Well, you were away this weekend too. How was your little mama's getaway? I know. I went on a brand trip, which was so much fun. It was with Hatch Collection, which is a maternity line. And it's so interesting because with my first pregnancy, I never wore one. Actually, no, that's a lie. Towards the end, I wore some leggings that were maternity leggings. And I had like one or two pairs of like pants. Yeah. But I really did not need that. And now this time around, my I'm just so freaking sensitive to anything that's on my stomach. It's like the weirdest thing ever that I'm like looking for more maternity stuff when I just before I just sized up. So anyways, this opportunity came and it was so exciting and so much fun. It was a quick two day trip with the brand. We went to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, it looked amazing. It was so beautiful. They're my first time there. And ugh, side note. I realized when I'm traveling, I am a bubble of optimism and possibility, especially when I'm traveling with Steve, because honestly, he doesn't like a love traveling as much as I do, especially like the actual travel part, the logistics, the logistics, he, it stresses him out. It's not his favorite thing that for me, I find myself romanticizing everything so much. And I just have to be like at such a high to like balance him out. Uh And this time, I think it was the day I had to leave. I just had like this another work event that day and then I was stuck in an hour and a half traffic getting to the airport and I get to the airport and I think I have plenty of time but then they have to shuttle me to this like other little terminal at LAX I'm like what "What the heck and then the flight's an hour delayed and I'm tired and hungry and pregnant and I'm just like Steve's right. This is so annoying. This sucks. Of course, I will never tell him that. Okay, <laughs> to him, traveling is the best thing forever and ever. But you guys can know the truth, okay? In that moment, I was like, fuck, Steve is right. This is actually really exhausting. I'm really tired. 
Anyways, so I know. Then we get to Arizona and it's so beautiful. But I'm finding myself really out of breath, really out of breath. And I'm like, I am not in that bad of shape. Like, what is happening? Like, I am not that pregnant. Like, when you got there. When I got there. Okay. Like, walking around the property and stuff like that. And it's not like a hilly property. Is it at a higher elevation? Dude, apparently it's like 2,000 miles or 2,000 feet higher than Denver. Wait, what? I guess Denver's at a really high elevation. I didn't realize that. The mile high city. Yeah, that's what people were saying. So it's way higher than Denver. Oh, so you were literally just had like out. You were like, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's why. So okay, I okay. was like, I can't really breathe. I'm like a little tired and dizzy. I'm like, what? You're like, <gasps> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had to deal with that. And then overall, it was so fun. It was so cool because everyone there was pregnant. Yeah. The first time being around all pregnant people. I was You're, like, this is weird. Someone's like the first person I met because everyone got there before me. They were like, so when are you due? And I was like, huh? And I was like, yeah, like when are you? Ex-? I was like, oh my gosh, like we're all pregnant in here. Like this is like a random question. So it was cool to be around a bunch of other pregnant women and like the team was super nice. So overall it was so, so fun. Good. Well, it looked amazing. I would love to go there. I've never been there either. Oh yeah. It's yeah, really I'm- pretty. Got to feed horses. I know. That's my dream. <sighs> I love horses, except when we were leaving, though, we had a driver bring us to the airport and he's like, oh, man, I can't believe you guys are leaving before the balloon festival. And I was like, what's the balloon festival? Is there a hot air balloon festival? Apparently, it's like the biggest festival in New Mexico. The day we left, it was starting and like the entire sky is filled with hot air balloons. See, how do I learn? I need to know about this stuff. I I know to that. I was like, dude, this is my dream. I want to do that. I would love so have I have you to ever go been back. In a hot air balloon? I haven't. And you know what's funny? Side note, no one take this idea, okay? But like when I was out of college, I started writing a, like a TV script for like the world's festivals. Like I want to be a television host and that's what I wanted it to be about. Like going to all, all the, the festivals. So the festivals of the world. Ooh, that's fucking cool. I know. So like actually when Steve and I went to Thailand, we went for Songkran, which is the Thai New Year festival. Yeah. We like filmed parts of it for it and stuff like that. I should break those out someday. But this would have been on that list. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was kind of bummed, but that's just something to go back to. Dang. Ugh, I would, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go sometime. I w- tried to go on a hot air balloon one time. We literally got up at like four 30 in the morning. Cause you have to go super fucking early. That's right. We'll get into the van, whatever. He's like, it's too windy. Can't do Ugh. it. Oh no. Of course. But anyway, I was like, I can't believe the team didn't think about this, but I'm sure that would probably be a big liability to have like a bunch of pregnant people. Let's put a bunch of pregnant women in a hot air balloon. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're probably like, eh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. All right, what are you obsessing over this week? Okay, actually, this is something that happened on the trip. And I feel like I've talked about this before. But I'm a very sensitive person. And sometimes people will say certain things. And I can't tell if I'm taking it the wrong way and I'm just being sensitive or if like no that was like kind of a dick thing to say okay I'm like so eager to where this is going okay so for instance okay continue sorry what were you gonna say no I'm just like I know you're sensitive like I think you're emotional sometimes so with, with, with like you really feel your emotions but like you're not sensitive like you I feel like you're like if someone is says, you're like, fuck that guy. Like, fuck her. Like, no, you don't really care what people think. So sometimes I go back and forth. I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't necessarily care what people think in a sense. Like if you don't like me, I don't really care about that sort of thing. But I do, I don't know. I am really emotional and sensitive. Yeah. I think you can be, okay, you're both because like I want people, it's weird because I'm like, I don't care people like me, but I'm like, no, I want everyone to like me. Right. Or I think I just want to make sure I'm on the same page with people and I get worried about hurting people's feelings yeah or like saying the wrong thing I, I think I come off like I could be like confrontational and like no or not confrontational like I can like say whatever I want but I don't actually think that I don't know I'm confused too all right well anyway let's get into this because I, I pretty need- much what happened was we we're all with like these <laughs> pregnant women right? right we all got breakfast we literally all got the exact same breakfast okay okay two eggs medium over breakfast potatoes and bacon and a side of toast that was the meal anyways I finished my meal and I was like oh my gosh I'm so full and this girl sitting next to me was like yeah she's like I really haven't had the urge to like eat for two yet and like the way she said this and she was like even like last night like I couldn't really eat that much pizza I'm not even kidding you I've like never I was like oh my gosh this bitch she was so nice by the way she's pretty much saying that I'm eating for two like I ate so much I'm she looked at you and was like she looked at me every single other person like had the exact same meal and maybe more but I cut I couldn't help but feel like she was judging me for finishing my meal meanwhile like she barely had a couple bites and I couldn't help but feel like oh my gosh she thinks like I'm just bigger and is like kind of assuming that I have more of an appetite because of that. And then I was like, wait, like maybe she's just, she's probably just fucking hungry or maybe, (laughs) I don't know what it was, but I was like, am I being sensitive right now? Am I overthinking this? And I get this with my family a lot because they're always like, they always think I'm being sensitive. Like I take everything that they say offensively. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this obviously has come from somewhere. You know what I mean? But I guess that's what I keep obsessing over with. I'm like, am I sensitive or was she really just saying you eat for two? Do you know what I mean? I think she has her own issues around eating and body image with being pregnant, it sounds like. And Mm -hmm. she, because she clearly looked at that and was like, oh, this is like a lot of food. Like I shouldn't really be eating this much. I don't have the urge to eat for two. And like you just freely ate your meal. Yes. And I think that's more of a projection of her feelings around her relationship with food than her worrying that thinking that you're bigger and you ate a normal meal. I think both can be true because I think that's true. And I think then for me, I automatically, I, not that I took offense to it, but like, obviously it sat with me. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great thing to say (laughs) to be like, oh, like, oh wow, that was delicious. Yeah. I just don't really have the urge to eat. Yeah. It's like a bad, it it is like, that's like not right. It's like a very, I'm not making that up. Right. Like that (laughs) is insulting. Right. The way she said it. That's like if someone you eat something and like someone's just like, oh, I could never finish that. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. That's what it is. And it is annoying. Yes, exactly. It's like, okay. You had to say that. Right. No, it's annoying. It's annoying. Okay. Thank you for validating that. Okay. I'm annoyed. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't think you need to stress over it, but yeah, that's annoying. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm annoyed about that and I am sensitive. (laughs) All right. Well, what I'm obsessed with this week is I feel like I have been all over the globe, which I'm so grateful for. And I love, and I am so, it's been the most amazing Honestly, I feel like since June, the most amazing like experiences, but I'm just so happy to be home. Like I woke up this morning in my own room and I was just so happy. I synced my aura ring 
synced my natural cycles, turned on my Spotify like coffeehouse playlist. The Sonos was going in my apartment. I opened my curtains. I get my podcast ready. I go for a walk. I walk around the park. I come home. I made myself two eggs and toast with some blueberries. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be home and not like waking up and being like, oh, like, I don't know, waking up in like an Airbnb or a hotel or whatever and like being like, oh, I'm going to go find, you know, I don't even know. I'm just so happy to be at home and have some sort of routine and I just don't want to go anywhere else anytime soon, <laughs> but I am, so it's fine. But I'm just realizing, I think this is a good time of reflection of like, okay, what, like, Yes. It's just a balance. It's like, I love traveling. I love having those experiences, but also my wellness and that routine is also really important to me. Mm. And I guess I'm going to have to learn how to like meld them together, but I do struggle to maintain that while I'm traveling. So I think a lot of people struggle to maintain that. Oh yeah. And it is so complicated because I think the two exist together, right? Like you love and crave your routine and there's something like so nice about it. Yeah. But then like this idea of traveling in a nomadic lifestyle and like sounds so fun and exciting and it's like nothing ever is perfect. You know what I mean? You no. have to have, find a balance between everything. Exactly. But I agree. Coming home after a long trip. It's just, or just after multiple trips. Yeah, I just feel like... Even I'm, after a week and away, coming home just yeah. feels nice. It's just nice. And like I had my groceries delivered last night. So they were here when I got home. So I had like food here this morning. And it's just like, I was proud of myself. I like set up stuff so I could get into my routine this morning and feel good. Because let me tell you, I had like 10 spicy margaritas at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I licked every bit of tahini off the rim of every single one of them and on the plane last night my stomach hurt so bad I'm like I need to cook at home I need to like cleanse my palate like I need to like I just was my insides were not happy so I'm just very grateful to be home right now well I'm very happy for you I think that I can't wait to see you in New York (laughs) I know as I'm like gearing up to like leave again anyway well Today, I'm really excited for you all to hear this episode. It's going to be so good. You're going to love it. Let me read you a quote from Lily's website. Lily is our guest today. This is a quote from her website. I was also raised around people who measured women's value on whether or not they were married then and now. I don't believe that romantic relationship was the gold standard of existence. And when I read that, I was like, hell yes. Oh my God. I just, oh, I just really felt that. But still, I want to talk about, you know, dating and relationships and being in a happy, healthy partnership. But I just really was intrigued by her approach to it. So today we talk with Lily about really getting clear on what you want in a partner before you even start dating, because that's like step one, kind of recognizing some maybe internal work you need to do. And we also talk about how to meet people off the apps, which I know we talk a lot about dating apps a lot all the time even in this episode we talk a little bit about them but then we get into meeting people outside of the dating apps and she shares some really great tips on how to do that and I just think you guys are gonna really like this episode yeah she talks a lot about dating with intention Mm -hmm. and she also talks a lot about how to be a great ally and wing woman and co-conspirator for your friends that are single, which I thought was really valuable because I think we all want to be our friends' best allies. And sometimes we don't know the exact way to do that, especially when we're in two different stages of life. So I think you'll find this episode so fun and valuable. 
Yeah, she's been featured in Bustle, The Huffington Post, In Style, and The Oprah Magazine. She is just killing it. So without further ado, let's welcome Lily to the podcast. Okay, so I feel like, can you give us some questions that women can ask themselves to get clear on what they want in a partner? Because I feel like I heard this analogy that's okay. It's like going to the grocery store hungry. Like you don't know you're lost. Like how do you figure out? And I think too, that's something I struggled with. I was like, hold on a second. Beyond the, oh, he has a good job, whatever. Besides that stuff, how- Nice, funny, kind. Exactly. Are there things you ask women where they can get crystal clear on what they actually want in a partner? Yes. Okay. So this is about settle proofing your dating life because it is like that thing of the scarcity thoughts, the scarcity beliefs are very rampant, especially if you've been swiping for years and you are unsure if what you want is possible. So I recommend first that people get in touch with what they're a yes to, like literally in the real world. And I don't know if you've seen anything about my thank you more please challenge, but it's this idea that when you're out in the world and you flirt with somebody really cute or you see a man exiting a therapy office or you like get in and say thank you more please when you see and experience things that light you up. And so when you're in touch with what is lighting you up, then you can go to your journal and ask yourself these questions to define your essence-based preferences. So that's my way of describing like the beneath the surface stuff, because checklist is that like age range, location, career preference. You get to want what you want. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine to want checklist stuff and to fully like embody what you want. I would ask yourself, what are the values that I'm looking for? What are the personality traits? So if you told me, Rayanne, like, what's a personality trait that you want in a person? Someone who can like go into a party and make friends with everybody. Amazing. So what are they? I mean, can, can we do it in real time? Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So this is defining this essence-based preference. So when they go into the party, like what are they, who are they approaching and what are they talking about? They are approaching, I feel like they're just very open and just asking, it doesn't need to be anything crazy. I think yeah. just asking, oh, let's say they're at a party with my friends. I don't want to have to, I don't want them to be like my shadow on my shoulder. I want them to be able to be sufficient and go yeah. in there and have conversations and be like, oh, you're Rand's friend, Carly. You work in, uh, yeah. you told me you live in Philly. How do you like living in Philly? She, I know she said you live in Philly. How do you like living in Philly? Yeah. Literally yeah, can okay. be anything, just a genuine curiosity to get to yeah. know people and an openness. Okay. I'm literally taking notes Okay, maybe. and I'm hearing. So when you first said, I want somebody who can go to a party and talk to people. I'm like, great, let's start there. Let's Mm -hmm. go even deeper. So when I asked you like, what are they doing at that party? I heard that they are really thoughtful, Mm. that they want people to feel that they care about them. Yes. That they are super confident that they're like, I'm here to meet Rayanne's friends. And that's awesome because Rayanne is awesome. Also hear that they're a really fucking good listener. That they, when you talk about the people that you love, they deeply listen and they care about following up on those things. I also hear, you mentioned it, the curiosity piece. I also hear, I describe it as like, they want people to feel at home around them. Mm -hmm. And so do you see how that one thing that you said, you wanted, go into a party, talk to people, 
that one thing spurred off a whole deeper dive on who this person is, what they feel like, what they care about. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so crazy because I know that was in my head, but then you just articulated it back to me in a way I was like, oh yeah, they're curious, they're thoughtful, they're a good listener. Oh, okay. Yes, that makes total sense. Yeah. So this is the process that I take my clients through for every single thing that they okay. say they want. Because kind, when we somebody kind, kind to you and kind to me mean totally different things. Mm-hmm. And they're context dependent. They are really specific related to how we were raised, how we feel belonging as people, what our love language is. Every All of these words aren't just surface level, go into a party and talk to people. It's like, well, you can get even as specific as what they love to talk about. Are they somebody that could talk about anything because they read all the fucking time and they like absorb all of this information and they get, when they meet somebody who's a book lover like them, they like light on fire. Or are they somebody who loves movies and loves to, or art, or are they like really passionate about what they do at their work and they want to connect with people about who are also passionate about what they do at work. All of these things paint the impressionist painting of who this person is. It's not about a rigid snapshot. It's about what does it feel like to be in their presence? So ultimately you're asking yourself, how do I wanna feel in the right relationship? You dissected Mm -hmm. that so well, because what I got from that was so much more about Rayanne than like the person that she wants to be with and how she wants to feel. Because if you asked me when, like when you were going through that, I was like thinking completely different things. And when you broke down your scenario, I'm like, wow, like Rayanne like really wants to feel seen and heard and want someone who really cares about the people in her life. Right. As opposed to someone like you said, who can go into any room and start a conversation with anyone about anything random. It's so much more about you. So now obviously like this is about certain qualities, but you're saying that like women should do this in all different types of scenarios for the guys that they want to date or for the people they want to date. Right. So I think that it's, so if we start at a, it depends on where you start. Right. Okay. Cause if I asked Rayanne, what is a personality trait? And she said, right. and I would ask all sorts of questions about what does generous mean to you? Where are they generous? Where do they give their money or their time? What kind of, it's like, what brand of generous is like yeah. you on fire? Right. And so, so it depends on if you're starting from like a word or a phrase, or if you're starting from like a scenario. Okay. So right? I feel like this can get really, okay. So would you tell women to pick, okay. Cause this is rewinding real quick. This is second, separate from the checklist of, Yes. I don't even know what, why can't I think of a checklist? He's like age range, location, stuff like that. Okay. So women have their checklist. This is going deeper than that, that checklist that I think like every Mm -hmm. woman has who is dating. How many, cause I feel like this could go on and on. Do you say like pick five things? Like where should a woman start? Like when she's sitting down to journal and get clear on this, should should you pick three to five personality traits? What do you think is a good place to start? So backing up to the checklist, and then I will dive into this. The checklist also, when you're doing dating intentionally, I believe that the checklist, your checklist items also have to be backed up by your why. So it can't be an arbitrary, rigid, must be this age to this age. Whenever somebody says, I want this age to this age, I'm like, great. How do you want to feel with that preference? Or like when somebody says, I want somebody who went to an IV because I went to an IV. I say, great. How do you want to feel with that preference? Well, I want to feel met. I want to feel intellectually challenged. I want to feel stimulated. I want to feel like belonging, that they care about their education. Great. Could those things be encapsulated in somebody who also didn't go to an IV? And can we ask questions to get beneath the surface of whether or not that person has that preference outside of their degree title? 
right? So deeper checklist, A. B, when you get into the essence-based preferences, the values, the personality traits, go crazy. I say go wild, go like pages and pages in your journal. And then give yourself, that's about giving yourself permission to want the expansiveness of what you want. Okay. And then go back with a highlighter and highlight things that have similar themes. Because what I find is that women, when people give themselves the permission to want what they want in its entirety, and then they go back and look at, okay, what are some groups that I can make here? What are some, what is the root word here? I think that it always ends up that people just want three to five things anyway. So I wouldn't set an arbitrary goal of you only can want these three things. I'm just saying that when you go deep and get thoughtful about what's the root word here, what's the root descriptor, then you will only have three to five core things that you desire. And they will also encapsulate something so much bigger than three to five things. Mm. Okay. And one thing you keep talking about is, okay, being able to say, I want all of this stuff in a partner. How do you like get women to realize like they it's okay to want that because sometimes I think it's oh oh I should be okay with because I think when you've been in the dating game for a long time and you're and it's it can kind of be a little like discouraging and be like oh maybe I'm asking Mm -hmm. for too much do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying absolutely and let's put this into context women couldn't get a credit card without their husband's fucking signature until the 80s that is not that long ago that's crazy that's fucking crazy I think, yeah, isn't that so crazy? And when we think about where we are now, I see that the work, like how women are allowed to work, how women give themselves permission to rise in their careers, so awesome and such a sort of no-duh thing at this point. I don't see that same revolution happening in the way that women think about their dating lives. I see Mm -hmm. women, like, and our society values single women as lesser than than coupled women. There's this some like women who are coupled or chosen by somebody else, therefore more valuable. Mm -hmm. And so I think this context of, let's put it into context why women are settling, why women feel like they can't take up more space with what they want. So that's number one. (laughs) Number two, I think that it is about emotional safety. That like, do you feel safe in your body to ask for what you want? And most women, that is a no because of the trauma they've experienced, the rejection they've experienced, the fear that they have that they're not going to find what they want. And so really the work that I do at first is like building that ground of emotional safety, self-compassion, mindfulness work around what are the thoughts in your brain about Mm -hmm. what you want, why you can't have them. And let's bring some softness and like some space to explore here. And then when you feel grounded in yourself, Let's give yourself permission to play in what you want and then go out in the world and see where there is evidence that you get to have that. If you believe that what you want isn't possible, your brain is going to look for evidence mm-hmm. that your brain is right. Yes. So like, how can you then, when you give yourself permission to what you want, go out in the world and say, okay, I see your brain. How can we prove another story true? Which is the thank you more, please, right? Exactly. You're like, which I want to ask you to give some examples of that so people can understand. So it's like if you want a guy who, or a partner who works, does some self-work, goes to therapy, and you see the guy out of the therapy office, like, oh, more, I want more of that. You're telling the universe, yes, I want more of that. Yeah. Can you give some other examples just so people can kind of wrap their head around it? Rayanne, do you want to go there? Do you want to do it? What do you want? want to do it. 
Okay, you know what? Why I'm scared of this is because I like feel like I'm actually, and that's why I'm asking these questions. I'm realizing like mm, I, I'm the girl at the grocery store shopping like hungry because I am like I don't think I really know. I don't think I really know. So mm. yeah, but let's go there. Let's go there. That's why I'm on what a dating break want? right now. What do you? That's good. The dating app detox is so fabulous. <laughs> dating detox, detox. wonderful. Okay, what do you want? Is so what do you desire. What do I desire? See, you know yeah, what? Yeah, in your love life. I see this is where my head goes to. And I'm just going to say exactly where my head goes, and you can tell me, point it out. I want someone, mine goes to the more like the tangible things. I want someone who also is an entrepreneur. So we have a freedom of time and place. Cool. We can travel places together and are not tied to one specific place, and we can experience things together is really important to me. I want someone who is genuinely curious and gets along with my friends. We could go on a trip together and he would fit in and ask some questions and make them feel important and seen. I want someone who gets along with my family. I want someone who really is vocal about how they feel about me mm -hmm. and gives me enforcement about them finding me attractive and the things that they like about me. I want mm -hmm. someone who is not embarrassed to be vocal about like their feelings and that mm -hmm. they do love me and don't feel like I think in the past mm -hmm. it's been oh, like I think the toxic masculinity culture with some like guys and stuff is like oh I don't want to admit that oh I'm in this happy healthy relationship with a woman I want someone who mm -hmm. would scream it from the rooftops like, I'm so mm -hmm. happy to be here and be mm -hmm. with you I think those mm -hmm. are some of the main things that I think about those are beautiful. How did it feel saying those out loud? Good. It yeah. Good. Yeah. How did it feel in your body? Like, where were you feeling stuff? It felt good. But I also, as I'm saying this, have this like weird thing where I'm like, oh, I don't want to. It was what I'm saying. Like, right. But it yeah. Like so you you're were very clear about what you wanted. Like, I, there wasn't yeah, like yes. any hesitation there. You knew exactly what you wanted. Yeah. I feel like you're like over almost like doubting yourself. Maybe. Well, I think that our brains do brain things. <laughs> Like we have human brains that are literally wired to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And so the brain creates stories out of the information presented to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And, and that, I mean, if I go way back to my childhood, right? Like I learned from a young age that like boys were going to quote, boys were going to make fun of me. And so, and I, so I was not worthy of their attention. And so then I learned a story to protect myself from rejection that I was too much. Yeah. And one and of mine, yeah, one of mine is guys aren't going to be interested in me because they think I'm fat. So guys aren't interested mm -hmm. in me because of my size mm -hmm. or I'm not worthy of having that love that I want mm -hmm. because you have to be skinny to have that. Is yeah. it something I've had to work through for a long time and still am? Right, right. I, by the way, I'm in a wonderful, incredible partnership with my fiance. I still have those thoughts. So I think that it's important to do some self-compassion work here. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts are not facts, mm -hmm. right? So number one, mindfulness over identification. I am not my thoughts. These are thoughts that my brain is having to keep me safe. Thank you, brain. I've got it from here, like practicing that over and over again. Number two, common humanity over isolation. Wow, I'm not the only person that feels this way. I'm not alone, right? Dating can be so isolating. Wanting what you want in 
it can be so isolating when people around you are saying, are you sure you're not wanting too much? Are you sure you like to go on and give them another chance? Are you sure you can trust yourself? Right. And then number three, kindness over judgment. It's okay to want these things. It's, it's maybe okay that I'm nervous to want these things because I have been socialized to want less in every area of my life because I was socialized as a woman. So like kindness says, yeah. of course, I'm struggling here. Of course, I doubt myself here. And that doesn't have to be where I reside anymore. Mm. Oh, okay. I love that. So that's self-compassion, number one. Number two, why were we talking? We were talking about this in the first so place the to thing- say thank you more, please. Yes. Okay. I hear in what you want a little bit of the past trauma of the mm-hmm. emotionally immature man who was not game to like tell you his feelings. Yeah. So that's what you're a no to. You're a no to that. Yeah. Now we get to pivot into something a lot more powerful. What are you a yes to? I am a yes to someone screaming from the rooftop. I said, I heard you say screaming from the rooftop that they love me, telling me how much they care about me, how beautiful I am. They care about their family. They're curious. They travel. They have freedom. They value these things. Okay. So everywhere in your life that you see that friendships, family relationships, people out in the world, a news article about a hot entrepreneur guy who is killing it that you really am like are turned on by. Thank you more, please, out loud. Every single time Christine Christina tells you how much she loves you and how much you mean to her, thank you more, please. Like it doesn't just have to be with men. It is okay. everywhere in your life that you are receiving what you want. So it can even be like when you feel really recognized by a friend or a friend knew I was having a hard day and she came over and brought me a coffee. Thank yes. you more, please. It doesn't always have Thank to be please. specifically with, if you're a straight woman looking for a man with it in a man. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay, receiving good. what you, there's no hierarchy of relationships, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. There's this idea that like a romantic relationship would be somehow more meaningful than a platonic one think that we are receiving what we want all the time if we are paying attention i think and that doesn't mean that, God. it's like we don't pay attention like i'm sure there's so many things where it's like it's happening in front of us but we're not paying attention yeah because we're go ahead so like for instance like if rayanne got a, a, a work opportunity right in a different city and that gives her the opportunity to be like yes this is what i want i want the freedom to travel thank you more please Thank kind you of more, like, please. Yeah, like kind of just embracing every opportunity and moment of the things that you actually really love and want. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then also talking about that shit, right? Talking about, I am, I, this is why I love bragging for women. I don't think bragging, at least the brazen way that I teach it, it's not about sucking all the air out of the room. It's about adding breath to the conversation and expansiveness. So saying, I want to celebrate today when you're going to drinks or whatever, Hey, Christina, I have this brag and I want to share. I got this opportunity. I get to go and I'm like living this. Thank you more, please. Christina, what's your brag now? Right. Do that both. And I love that because we talk a lot about manifestation. Right. And we talk about the more you put things out into the universe and say what you want, the more it happens in return. And I just feel like the more you continue to express that, it just becomes so clearly evident how true that is. And mm-hmm. I think that's so great in asking for what you want, because I think we do it a lot as women, at least for me, when it comes to career. Right. And I think for you too, we don't do it as much when it comes to dating because it's almost, it doesn't feel like as acceptable. It almost feels like a little embarrassing. I would say, be like, I want a guy to do this or I want this, but you you shouldn't be afraid of that at all. In fact, I feel like that's, if that's something that you really want and want a healthy, happy relationship with these qualities, I think that's perfectly normal. And like, should, you should be doing that even more and more. Mm -hmm. I do think that gets into reframing rejection. 
that there's this with dating apps specifically that your brain is making up information based on what the dating app is giving you, making up stories. And if you're, that's why people attach so much meaning to how many matches they get or how many messages they get back. Yeah. And then their value is somehow intertwined with what the dating app has chosen is important. A hundred percent. Wait, I don't understand that. What do you mean what the dating app has chosen is important? As someone who's never used a dating app, I need a little bit more clarity. So dating apps were created like slot machines. Okay. And so the slot machine, like when you get triple cherries at a casino or Love whatever, that that's like, oh my God, we all do. The dating app has framed the match and the message as the triple cherry. So that would be like, oh my gosh, a hot guy liked me back. He messaged me and now is asking me out and I'm so excited. He seems perfect. Ding, ding, ding. That means what I want is possible. That means I'm not going to die alone. That means I'm going to be, 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 be. That information is not necessarily what our brain is categorizing it as. Like that match or message may not go anywhere. Statistic, like the studies about how many people are like actively looking for a date or a relationship on a dating app like we the, the a dating app is going to serve you a lot of information to keep you coming back i.e the match the message it doesn't necessarily mean meaningful connection so reframing to the way that i help my clients into the next phase of dating to be more powerful intentional to be in their manifestation power is i am for the few not for the many so what if it was actually good news that I was being so specific in what I wanted that I got only a couple of matches that felt higher quality? What if it was good news that I was only messaging with people who felt like they were meeting my energy instead of trying to prove to yourself what you want is possible with the number of matches or messages? So Does what, that make sense? Yeah, but what would that look like for someone? Would that be becoming more specific on their profile about what they actually want and who they are as opposed to being like someone that everyone would like? Yeah. So like, how would you change a couple different things? I would put what you're looking for on your dating profile in a way that is, I'm excited to find someone to do life with fully side by side. Don't get in the weeds of, I'm looking for a relationship. So don't swipe yes to me. If you're not looking for a relationship, <laughs> be right. a yes to what you want yeah. and not a no to what you don't like. I think that the yes is so much more powerful with specificity. I would then say, I, I love Gilmore Girls. I'm such a fan. I'm a nerdy fan. And I went to Gilmore Girls Fan Fest two years in a row in Ken Connecticut. Okay. <laughs> if I were dating, I would put that in my dating profile. Because I want to be so specific with I'm passionate, I'm intense, I have a sense of humor about it. I want to be so specific about who I am. And I think a lot of people, when I help them with their dating profile, they're like, does that make me look too weird? I'm like, you're weird. We're right. all weird. So put it out there. And then when you get to matches, I want people to use qualifying, disqualifying questions to gauge whether or not somebody is right from them from the jump. My favorite qualifying disqualifying question is what is bringing you the most joy lately? Mm -hmm. Opening with that question to be deeper, to disqualify the people who aren't like, who don't know what brings them joy or who mm -hmm. don't want to get in a deeper conversation from the beginning. That's interesting. I think that's actually really interesting. Do you find that more men are more specific on what they want in their profiles versus women or no? Well, I work with women and I can say from anecdotal evidence that I don't know that's true. I do think that men and women's habits on dating apps are different, but I don't know that they're necessarily more specific on what they want. If anything, I think most people 
are go. It's been 10 years since Tinder came out. And so like we've learned these patterns of behavior as human beings on dating apps that are like surface level connection. And I think that most people are operating from that place. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I think all of us can get deeper and more specific. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's like a thing about any day now, keep swiping any day now, any day now. Can you explain that a little bit further and what that does to people's minds when they're on the dating app? I guess like the positives and negatives. Yeah. So there's this thing called the addiction to possibility, right? Like we have this addiction to any day now, any day now. And that's sort of a high, right? This like idea of I getting like I have an addiction of- to possibility. I feel like I joke. I'm like, honestly, like I could go into, I could literally think anywhere. I'm like, oh, it could be on this plane. You never know who you're going to meet. This grocery store, you never know. I this feel like, yeah. I feel like I have it with career stuff probably because yeah. I'm like dating. I'm like, but I feel like that, I kind of yeah. feel like we're like that in all areas. Yes, I think so. But okay, yeah, sorry, continue. We, we are, we are those we're people. We're basically saying you're talking to the right people because yes. that is us. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think it's inherently a negative thing. This There's this idea of addiction to possibility, which has this negative connotation. And we could also say openness to possibility or desire for possibility, right? That is maybe a little more positive spin on that. Because I think, what if I made this an, an amazing connection on this plane? is a totally ex- amazing thing to to want. I would potentially frame it as like, I am open to the right connections. When you're dating, especially like, I am open to the right connections. I am open to the right people making themselves apparent to me. But that is not as fun as thinking that you are <laughs> going to sit next to the guy of your dreams and maybe meet in the restroom. Who knows? You know what I mean? I do think that the that world mindset fantasy. though has led to some like conversations that I didn't need to be in on a plane. Do you know what I'm saying? We got to I, I have gotten into conversations with people and then been like, whoa, I wish I had not gone so deep with you because now I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. So being a little more discerning maybe, but I want you to have fun. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with being open to the possibilities. I think we're talking about the idea of the any day now of yeah. it all. Uh, right so any day now of it all i think that the idea that a lot of people have is if i'm not swiping i'm not trying yes or if is this does that resonate with y'all yeah i feel i feel like people think that about single people i mean it's hard for me to say to speak for myself but i know i have made comments about like family members or like friends Mm -hmm. who like have never been on a dating app and i'm like you're not even trying Mm -hmm. i have for sure said that and now i feel bad but sometimes sometimes i do (laughs) think i'm like you can try it's okay to put yourself out there yeah i think there is a difference between taking time to let your nervous system reset because dating apps are fundamentally difficult on your nervous system and there's a difference between that and hiding from opportunity Mm -hmm. true So I think that when you've experienced a lot of trauma or heartache or rejection, and you're just like, I don't want to try anymore. I'm really afraid of that happening again. And you're trying to protect yourself that those stories have built up a wall, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's an opportunity to bring self-compassion first, softness first. Of course, you feel that way. Of course, there's fear here. And what do you desire? So if you're a couple person talking to your single friend and you want to help them get in touch with trying asking them what they desire in their love life rather than coming at it with, well, what can we do to help you right now? What can we do to get you in action? Maybe we don't need to be in action right now. Maybe we need to be in possibility together. I love that. And then going into, okay, what if I came first? 
what actions would I take in my dating life? Maybe I'd take a dating app detox. Maybe I would go do the thank you more please challenge. Maybe I would start asking such specific questions that I only talk to people who are right for me. That's a different level of trying than any day now. And let me be in all the dating apps. Let me swipe all the time. And let me, those effort, if those efforts, the numbers game, I call it, if the numbers game led to you finding what you wanted, you would have found it by now. So it's basically just leading more with intention rather than just, rather than just being like, I'm going to be on the apps. I'm going to be swiping. I'm going to do this. You're just really simplifying and just being more intentional with it. So I love to think of it like like planning a trip. If you were like, I just want to travel and you were not very intentional about where you were traveling, who you were traveling with, right? That's a mess. (laughs) You're going on trips with people that like, I don't want to be with this person for five days, but I wanted to travel. So let me get right. That is a lack of intention. Intentional travel looks and sounds like I am going to this place that I know lights my soul on fire. I'm going with people that light my soul on fire. I'm being really intentional. I'm planning. I'm getting in my type A energy. And then you show up to the trip and spontaneous, joyful stuff happens because you planned to be there. You planned to be in the way of opportunity. And so this idea of, oh, I don't want to be too rigid in my preferences. I can't want everything. This person may not exist. I'm like, no, let's plan the trip and then go be on the trip, be in our joy, be in our groundedness, be in our specificity and trust that I'm good shit's going to happen because I'm here. I'm showing up intentionally. Casey, all that makes so much sense. I think sometimes I see people online though that are like, if they don't do this for you, bye-bye. Right. And it's like very quick that if someone doesn't hit everything that you want or if something is like a little bit off, that's like very quick to be like, no, they don't fulfill what I need. Mm. And now how do you kind of balance that with being like, this is what I want, but also being open to knowing that not everyone is like perfect. Right. I think it's about focusing on how you want to feel. Okay. If you had this huge thing going on in your life and you told this person you're dating newly, freshly like about it, and they didn't follow up about it at all, didn't ask you any questions about it, didn't text you that week, and they knew something big was happening, follow up and follow up and ask, hey, this meant a lot to me. I, I was looking for some connection this week and that didn't happen. Just want to check in. Are we still on the same page? Do you still just want to check in? Right. Like asking a follow up question or just saying, hey, that really hurt my feelings and seeing how they respond. Did they come back and they're like, oh, my God, what were you going to say, Ryan? Oh, see, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking of like a specific instance of like where this has happened. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, "Mm, he didn't text me like, no, fucking done. That's so I'm like, that's if he knew that I had this big thing coming up and he didn't text me. I'm like, that is the answer in itself. I don't need to send that text because I'm like, he gave me the answer already. Am I cutting it off too soon? No, I think it's about what do you expect? How are you communicating what you expect? And then how are you like learning about their communication preference as you like go through this? Like you can just bless and release. I like sending, just owning my clients who like to be very communicative and people disagree with me all the time. I have a viral video on TikTok that people, I posted a month and a half ago and people are still telling me that I'm fucking wrong every single day. It's called the clarity text. I think it's great. Most people don't. (laughs) Wait, what is it? The clarity text is, it's going well. I'm going to paint the scenario. It's going well. You're really vibing. You're having great communication. It's ha- You're having fun. You're going on dates. They are planning. They are co-creating it with you. And then suddenly you like don't hear from them for a few days and that's out of character. 
or suddenly like something happens and you thought they were going to follow through on something and they didn't and you're like wait a second we were things were going well let me check in a lot of people who disagree with me say they gave you their answer right mm-hmm. i say okay it was going well like when people tell you who they are believe them dr my Angeli, thank you so they were telling me who they were and then suddenly something shifted so i'm going to check in and say hey I thought things were going well. I was bummed not to hear from you. Just want to check in. I'm still interested in hanging out and want to make sure we're on the same page. And if not, let me know because I'm being more intentional about my dating life. That's the clarity text. I'm following up because I don't want to wonder anymore. I want to get in the driver's seat of getting clarity and your answer or lack thereof will tell me everything I need to know. Now, most people at that point are not going to be right for you. It's just about the dating person getting in the driver's seat of asking for what they want and owning what's happening, right? Yeah. Not just, oh, well, I guess they just dropped off. Like, I guess I don't know what happened, but but I love people like proactively checking in. What do y'all think about that? So I think it kind of depends. I've been both. One time I was seeing this guy, I was going super well. And then like, I felt something shift and I'm like, okay, like literally exactly what you described. And I did send a text because at this time, my friend Hannah and I were both single and dating. So we always are like, okay, we really want to, we're always kind of like in this together. I'm like, all right, we're really trying to be like communicative about what we want and not being like always trying to be the cool girl who's, oh, it's fine. You know? So I sent this text. I was like, hey, I know you've been sick recently. He had been sick, but I just feel like something has shifted. Just want to check in and see how you're feeling on your end. Turns out like someone had created like a fake profile and was like of me and was talking to his friend, but like he didn't say anything. So he thought I... Anyway, turn oh, yeah. so it was like, I do think there are times where it's okay. Yeah, it's good to have that check-in text. Now, other things led for... He was showing me other things that was like, okay, this isn't mm-hmm. right. Like I, I, in that situation, I felt that something was off. And if I didn't say that, t- send that text, my mind would have just been running where it's, we're adults. Like things clearly have shifted. I just want to have a conversation about it. So I think yeah. I can be 50, 50. And I think there are times where, yes, I, like, I agree with you. Like, I just want to send the text and let's chat about it because like, we're, we know when something feels right. Absolutely. And also I love a bless and release text. What's like a bless just, and release text? It is, hey, I've enjoyed hanging out and I'm not feeling a romantic connection. Mm. Wish you all the best. Bye. Oh, yeah. Like I love proactive communication. And a lot of people are just like, oh, and I'm not going to send anything or be the chill girl or whatever. I am all about people getting in the driver's seat, which means being proactive about cutting it off with people that you're no longer willing to hang out with or talk to, being clear about what you want and how that person is or is not meeting your needs. I think that all sets you up to be in the best relationship of your life, preparing you to be proactive in your communication, talk about your needs with your future partner. So in that way, it's qualifying, disqualifying at every stage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. We've covered so much good stuff, but one thing I want to talk about, I know we've talked about dating apps, but you recently were interviewed for the Zoe report on meeting someone in person, because I'm kind of the person where I'm like, I think I'm not like dating apps are horrible. I'm like, I've been on them. I think they're great. I've met so many people. It's a place Mm -hmm. where people are single and are looking for something, Mm -hmm. but I'm also fine with meeting people in person. Like I'm okay to talk with people. I would like to meet someone in person too. Like I think either one I would be happy with. I'm not like, Oh, I just don't want to be on the dating apps. I think that's a little bit sometimes closed minded, but how can people, how can women meet people in person are there ways you can things you can do to kind of create like you said planning the trip and then creating that like how can we Mm -hmm. create these opportunities to meet people in person 
I love this conversation and I love not talking about dating apps because I hate all dating apps equally. I think that they're really hard <laughs> on our brains and our bodies and our nervous systems. So, and they're a powerful tool when you use them with intention. Let's just talk about in-person dating though. I, I hear so many people yearning for like, how am I going to meet this person? And number one, I want us to get in the in the vibe of possibility, which is that thank you more please challenge, which is the like out loud, thank you more please, flirting with the bar, bartender, flirting with the barista, thank you more please. And I think that there are some really tactical things that you can do. I also think that there are some mindset things that you can do to set yourself up for greater success in your in-person dating life. So let's start with the mindset. Okay. The mindset includes permission. That I This is what I call main character energy is three things, permission, permission to want what you want. I have permission to be with somebody I'm attracted to. I have permission to talk to attractive people. I have permission to believe that I am attractive to attractive people. I have permission to whatever the fuck you want, right? First permission, because I think people stop themselves from approaching people because they don't think they have the permission to do that or permission to be whatever attractive to them. Number two, self-trust, trusting yourself enough to say, I, when I trust myself, I'm doing the right thing. I have your back no matter what. If rejection comes, if awkward moments come in my in-person dating life, by the way, they will. I trust myself that I have my own back and I'm going to be okay. And then number three, massive action. So that's when we get into the tactical stuff is like permission first, self-trust second, massive action third. Massive action looks like taking your AirPods out. It looks like walking and making eye contact with cute people. I did this. I have this like bingo card that my clients can use in person dating bingo. And it's make eye contact with three cute people this week. Say hi to five cute people this week. Literally just challenging yourself to get out of your comfort zone and connect with humans. Because the other mindset piece that I love telling people about that I think is so true, the right person is also looking for you. The right person is also, oh my God, this incredible woman approached me and this is best case scenario. Like I love it. And I get to now co-create the relationship with her. Like the right person is not going to be like scoffy. Don't talk to me. They're going to be like, oh my God, hi. Yeah. So take your AirPods out, say hi, bring in your friends to be co-conspirators. So, so many friends, so many people who are coupled, who are friends with single people, they're like, I don't know any single, I don't know any single men to set you up with. I don't know any, I just, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you. So go to that conversation with your bestie that you trust and be like, we're going to set a boundary. Neither one of us are going to, neither one of us are going to say, we don't know any single men. We're going to be in creative solution mode. And our job is to go out there and fucking find single men and talk to them to get like together separately, whatever. We're going to do it like we are open to creative solutions together. So bringing in like co-conspirators, telling them about your qualifying, disqualifying questions, telling them about your essence based preferences, asking that they celebrate those with you. And then with that information, they can go out and match make for you better as well. So that's another facet of in-person dating. Putting your friends to work. What are y'all thinking about this? I love all of that. I love all that. And I think that could actually be applied to like so much more than just dating. We talk a lot about meeting friends when you move to a new city or when you're in a new stage of life. And I feel like people are always like, I just don't know how to do that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you just simplified it so easily. And I think it's, it sounds 
kind of easier said than done. And it <laughs> sounds kind of like common yes. sense. Take your AirPods out, like smile at someone, make eye contact. But you'd be surprised. Actually, you're probably not surprised, but most people would be surprised how many, how few people do that. I, yeah. So I went on a solo trip this summer and I was alone. So like I did everything most of the time alone and it was so crazy to me just like sitting at a dinner table alone, having dinner. This guy just came up to me and was like, Hey, I noticed you were dining alone. Can I join you? Just by being like putting yourself in like the other night, even in LA, I just went to this restaurant and sat at the bar by myself. And though this lady next to me, she was so sweet. She must've been like 85. She was like, are you here alone? I was like, yeah. And I had like my Kindle and my book, whatever. I think, and it's just, she's, are you trying to meet Mr. Right? I was like, oh, aren't always. But anyway, it's just, you just have to put yourself in those situations where you are open and sit at a coffee shop with your book and read. And maybe you would do that at home. Go do it out in a coffee shop because like, you never know who could walk in the door is how I can, I mean, and I think it works. I saw that it worked this summer. And I think it's actually really great, the co-conspirators situation, because I think that is a big missed opportunity where I don't think that people are vocal enough with the people in their lives who actually like, if they want to be with someone, want to help them find someone. So I think Mm -hmm. being really direct about what you want and being vulnerable with the people who are in your life who might know someone or who want to see you happy, so would want to put themselves out there for you Mm -hmm. as well is really great. I don't think Mm -hmm. enough people do that maybe because they're embarrassed or don't know how to ask for help in that situation or I mean it's complicated obviously I think also a lot of my clients who've tried to talk about their dating lives with the coupled people in their lives are met with such I know better than you energy totally because I'm in a relationship I know better than you yeah and I think that after so much of that single people stop asking yeah but that's different than asking for advice than being direct about what you want I think and giving someone like something tangible about, Hey, like these are kind of the qualities I'm looking for someone. I don't really want like dating advice, but if you happen to know anyone who might fall for this, or if you want to be my wing woman for a night, let's go out. Mm -hmm. I would love that. I think that's different. Very different. I think that's coming at it with like your desires for the conversation, the boundaries that you're willing to set the, and being clear about that. Last thing about in-person dating is like, where do I go? You know what I'm saying? What magic meetup? What? We were on the same page. (laughs) And uh, I, uh, okay, I have an answer. Oh, tell us. And it's probably not the answer that people want. Okay. Because I think what people want is there's this secret club where all the single men, all the single women, they are all there and you just need to go there. Now that doesn't exist. What does exist is I think what's so important is having a joy building plan in your in-person dating life. So in terms of if your dating life was a pie chart, I recommend that 40% of your dating energy goes to a dating app if you want to do a dating app intentionally, and 60% goes into in-person dating. And in-person dating to me is not just going on dates or asking people out. In-person dating life is how do I fill my life with joy so much so that I'm overflowing and like the connections are flowing because I am in my joy. And so think about what brings you joy, plan it. So many people, I mean, myself included, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm so busy. There are seasons where I become disconnected from my joy in the real world. Like I'm not going to that class because I just, I think, oh, I can bang out some more work or I'm not going to that meetup or whatever. So prioritizing your joy in the real world is a huge part of attracting love in person. And another thing is like, when you think about the preferences that you have, when you think about where they are on the weekend, what are they doing that brings them joy? 
Yeah. Go do that thing. And odds are it's also going to bring you joy because you want to be in alignment with the person that you end up with and how and what brings them joy. So those are my tips for like where to go. Yeah, I think that's so key. And I think to I think a lot of single people and myself included, it's oh, you gotta go out. Like we gotta go to the bars, we gotta go out, we gotta do this. And it's like that's such a narrow mindset because guess what? Like I'm kind of at the place I love going out sometimes, but not like I'm not doing it every weekend. I'm fucking exhausted. No. I'm tired. No. And, and yeah. to be honest, yeah. I don't want my future partner out at the bars getting wasted every Thank Friday you. and Saturday. So like, why am I Thank looking you. for someone there? I think that's like where I think, oh, for me, I was like, oh, the bars are that magical place. That's all the single people there. You can meet people. And it's like, hold on. How do I want to spend my ideal Sunday? Whatever. I want to go for a hike. I want to get breakfast burritos. I want to go to the beach. And we're like, I, that's what I want to be doing. So it's wait, mm-hmm. hold on a second. Like, why have I been searching like somewhere else that's not in alignment with what my ideal situation is? Like, mm-hmm. and so I think that's so important to just do what makes you happy and do the things mm-hmm. that you that bring you the most joy, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, because that's what you're going to want to be doing, hopefully, with this person that comes alongside you. So I think I had Hello, that. Epi- and yes. it's so simple, but I had that epiphany recently. And I was like, what Amazing. the fuck am I doing? So <laughs> all I'm saying is, well, yes, I completely agree. And I think that's so good. Thank you more, please. And <laughs> I, it's the three things, right? It's the permission. I have permission to do my ideal Sunday and not to worry about, oh, but are there single men on this hike? Whatever. Maybe they aren't today. Yeah. Who cares? You're doing it because you like it. I trust my desire. I trust that my pleasure is important. I trust that the right people are going to make themselves apparent to me. The massive action, go do things that bring you joy. And I also hear that like the worry about timing and like, but Lily, if I'm not going to all the bars, if I'm not actively on the apps and, all, and going in person and like, when's it going to happen? And I think that unfortunately we are not in control of the timing of anything. And so releasing yourself from the rigidity of one of the most freeing thoughts for me as a recovering perfectionist, really type A, is I don't know everything and that's actually good news. Like I don't know everything and that's actually good news. So for high achieving women specifically that I work with, they're like, but how do I know if, and I'm like, you don't know everything. You could meet the person tomorrow. You could meet them in two years. What, like, why don't we celebrate that we're in process here? I love that. And so important because it's out of your control. So don't freaking waste your time and energy stressing about it. Yeah. Or doing things that you don't even want to be doing. (laughs) Live the life that you want to live and let someone fall Mm -hmm. into your life. So good. Well, Lily, this was so good. I'm like, I feel like we could do like part two and three because there are so many things, but that's all we have time for today. But you have, you are a plethora of knowledge. So can you please plug yourself, your podcast, where people can follow you? Let us know. Amazing. Okay. The Date Brazen podcast has over 125 episodes of goodness. People can binge right now. Literally all of the feminist, actionable mindset strategy that you need to be intentional in your dating life and to attract extraordinary. My TikTok is amazing. I love it so much at Date Brazen. And I'm my website where you can get, I have this beautiful journaling guide called the Guide to Make Dating Feel Like Self-Care. That's on my website, datebrazen.com. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to go download that. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lily. Thank you, Lily. All right, everyone. It is time for Ask Away with Ray and Kay, where we sit down with you and give you our solicited advice. Let's get into it. 
All right, everyone, we have Carly here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? How are you feeling? We're great. We're so good. We're excited to talk to you today and hopefully give you some wise words of wisdom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know if you guys have heard the like, I don't know who says it, but people say like you are like a combination of the five closest people that you're with. And whether that's like your friends or your family, like for me, it's my girlfriends. And I have girlfriends who are in totally different stages of life. Like for me, I'm married. I have a one-year-old and like hoping one day to be like you, Christina, I'm blessed with another one one day, maybe next year. We'll see. But I have single friends and I love hanging out with them just as much. And I love the party life as well. Like I get so conflicted and I feel like when I'm with these different people or these different groups of friends, I'm like a chameleon. I like, I'm in like party mode when I'm with my single friends and I'm like, oh my God, I miss this area of life. Like, why did I rush getting, and I say rush, like I'm 33, but like, why did I rush getting married and having kids? Like I should have stayed in this area of life. And then I'm with like my girlfriends who just had another baby. And I'm like, oh, I have such baby fever. Like, I can't wait to have another one. And I just feel like I deal with that pressure and it's a personal pressure that I put on myself, but genuinely feeling influenced in all of those different directions and not really honing in on what do I want? And like, how do I like evaluate what I want and not feel pressured or like in those situations, feel like I'm making a wrong choice of what's right for me. So I love that you guys are like besties and from the outside in, at least looking like you're in different areas of your life with a second baby on the way and still trumping around Europe and trying to find like so much fun. Like I'm super (laughs) jealous of your trips that you've had this year. So how do you guys deal with that? Not feeling or questioning yourself when you're surrounded by different people that have that influence on you. First of all, are we the same person? Like, are, are you an Aries by any chance? Cause I feel like we're, I have the exact same. You feel same, so similar. I feel so similar. So seen. I have all the same thoughts and mm-hmm. concerns. And also it's funny because I had my, I had a one-year-old at 33 too. So we're just like very much in the exact yeah. same phases of life. And it's tough. It's really tough. I think. I, I feel the exact same way. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to not necessarily be single, but like, I want to be able to have that freedom. I think that's yes. what it is. Having the freedom, being able to like go out and party, being, being able to go do whatever I want whenever I want. But then at the same time, I'm so excited to continue raising my family and like almost want to settle down in a certain way. And I think that it's okay to want all of that. And yeah. I think it's okay to be a chameleon. I think that's perfectly fine. I think you, it sounds like you're doing everything right. Being able to give yourself time to nurture and be with your family and also have fun with your single friends and also have fun and like lean into motherhood and that journey too. I think that you just don't need to feel guilty about any of it. And I think what's most important is just having communication. Like I know Ray and I, like for me, we've said before, I'm like, I can't go to everything. And I know I have to say no to things for my own personal sanity, but I still want to be wanted and invited. And I know Ray has been like, I want to invite you places, but I also don't want to put pressure on you to feel like you have to come out. Cause sometimes I'm like, wait, I don't want to like say no to people or be flaky, you know? So I think it's just being able to be super vulnerable and honest with your friends being like, Hey, I want to be there. I'm going to try and do the most I can, but sometimes I can. And as long as I want you to know that I still want to be there. And I want you to know that I want you to want me to be there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. And I think it's, I also just struggle with it internally of not that I like question, like being with my husband or having my baby, like none of that, but like in the moment I'm like, oh my God, like, I remember how much fun it is to have that freedom and like 
why, like, why can't I feel like this all the time? And then the same thing with like, with my like mom friends. I'm like, oh, I want that second baby. Look at how cute it is to have like siblings. Like I want, I feel like I more struggle like internally. What do you actually want? And I, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's because we're told we have to pick. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, we either have to be the mom with the family or the fun single friend or whatever. Like we have to pick, like we put ourselves in this box. And to be honest, Christina, you are someone who's really shown me that you don't have to put yourself in a box because I do think you do a great job at being like, I'm going to take these career opportunities. I'm going to come to San Diego to celebrate my 28th birthday, but I also am going to be like fully a mom and a wife because I think, and I struggle with this too. Like, I think we only believe like what we like see and we create this, like, I can't be both or I can't. And I think it's like, you have this really cool opportunity to like be the person to create that. You don't have to pick and choose. You can be an amazing mom and wife and still go have fun with your single friends. Is that always going to be easy? Absolutely not. I've seen that with, you know, with Christina, Mm -hmm. but I just think it's like, we just put these barriers around ourselves, and we have to be like, hold on. Like, why am I following these rules? Who creates the rules in my life? I do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. But I think that pressure is so normal to feel. We all feel that Mm -hmm. because why wouldn't we? That's like the reality we've created in our society. But I think it's just important to remember you have the power to create the rules of your own life and you can make it in any way that you want. So you don't have to pick and choose a specific role. Yeah. And I think it's important to ask yourself, like, do I really want to do this? when it comes to certain things. Cause I think that sometimes I found myself like saying yes to things just to say yes to things. And I think that goes with everything, whether it comes to work, hanging out with, sometimes I'm like, why am I on this play date? I don't want to hang out with this mom. Like Nicole, I set this up. <laughs> like, why did I set this up? Do you know what I mean? Or sometimes I find myself like going out and it's like 11 o'clock and I'm like, I have so much to do tomorrow. And Nicholas is going to wake me up at 7am and I don't want to do this. So I think it's okay to be, to learn to ask yourself the questions of, do I want to do this? And just be super honest with yourself and knowing that it's okay if the answer is no. It doesn't mean to say answer no for everything, but being a little bit more selective of when you say yes and when you say no will allow you to have so much more fun in those yeses. Yeah, it's so true. And and sometimes I just feel like I'm a different person when I do that. Like Mm -hmm. when I'm like in mom mode, and then like when I'm out with my girlfriends, like literally twerking, like it, it is two different people, like completely different people. And sometimes I'm like, who am I? Which one am I today? Which I think that's fine. I think Me like too. Every, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Like every relationship I have, like when I'm with one friend, not that I'm a different person, but every relationship or situation brings out a different side of yeah. you or a different part of your personality gets to come through. So it's like maybe when you're out twerking with your girlfriends, which I think is epic, like it sounds like you're doing an awesome job mm-hmm. at still like fostering those friendships. I just want to say, which I think is so fucking cool, but like you get to showcase maybe your fun, more carefree side and you should embrace that because when you're having to take care of your baby and make sure then that's your more responsible side or your or more, you know, what whatever that looks like. I just think it's really cool to see it from a place of like how awesome that you have these different relationships in your life that get to bring out the different parts of your personality and who you are. Cause it's not like you're a different person when you're twerking and twerking, whatever at the bar, whatever you're still like 
an awesome mom that doesn't take it away. Yeah, no, you're right. I have to just learn to accept that those different sides of me can coexist all at the same time. And God forbid my mom friends ever saw me out at the bar. Like I should just embrace it and be like, yeah. Yes. He's sleeping. Are you kidding me? Those moms need to twerk too. You bring them in. (laughs) You show them what's up. Like it sounds like to me, you have this cool opportunity to show because I think, and we hear this a lot from like the listeners and you guys like struggling with those maintaining friendships in different phases of life. And it sounds like you have this really cool opportunity of being, you know, you're still down to, you're still fostering both sides of those different friendships. And you have this cool opportunity to show your mom friends that you can still be, have that a little bit of sense of freedom with your, that your single friends have. And then you have your single friends who you can show that like you can, you know, bringing them into kind of maybe your more mom and family world that you can mesh those together. Those don't be separate. Like it just sounds like to me, you have this cool, like, space where you're able to be an example to the other women in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's why I love you guys. I feel like you guys like embody that type of friendship where you're like in different phases of life, but still obviously besties. And I have that situation so much and it's hard to manage sometimes, but I like, I really look up to you guys being able to do that. I think sometimes I just, yeah, I just struggle with like feeling like I'm being a different person, even though it is the same person, it's just different sides of me. So I just, I need to just embrace it. Let my freak flag fly, whatever that means at the time, (laughs) whether it's like singing stupid baby songs or twerking at the club. Absolutely. And I actually, I love what Rayanne just said, because I think that's the most important thing is I think that being able to celebrate all sides of you, but I think being able to show the people in your life how you can be both, how you can merge those relationships too. Because I think sometimes as a new mom, it can be like a little alienating when you feel like you can't bring certain people into your mom life when that's probably like the biggest part of your life. So I think being able to show that and celebrate your family with them as well too will be so great for you. And I think we'll probably balance those two worlds a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, thank you guys. I really appreciate your insight. Of course. We hope that was helpful. And thank you for sharing because I know a lot of people are probably feeling very similar to you. So we hope that this helped. And I'm excited to be on the same journey as you. I know. I know. One day, one day I'll catch up. I'm thinking like in (laughs) spring, we'll try for baby number two. All right. Good luck. That's exciting. Congratulations on everything. And thanks again for listening and for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you guys. Thanks. Have an amazing day. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us.